Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Come on, lady. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash Virgin Radio UK. Welcome to the show. Vassos is here. Aloha. And Rachel's here. Greetings. All right. And coming up very soon, Dr. James Kinross is going to be here. Tell me about him, Rachel. Uh, well, I'm going to more tell you what he is going to tell you about. He is going to tell you about uh, poo milkshakes, Matthew Broderick's movie back catalogue, and yes. why going home to see your family for Christmas might be more important for your tummy than you think. Dark matter, the new science of the microbiome. And basically, everything Rachel just said there will be the whole interview. Yeah. I mean, there's other stuff. This guy is a genius. He's an elder genius. He also listens to the show and he contacted us saying, can I come on the show with my new brilliant book? And we said, yes, wow. of course you can. That's not a problem at all. Um, spot on, Kate. So Kate, um, the, what's her name? Uh, the Duchess of Cambridge. Yes. Yes. No, Wales. Princess of Wales. Princess. Princess. Of Wales. Princess. <laughs> the Princess of Who cares? She's a lovely lady. She's got a nice dress on. Yeah, she's got a great dress on. And she was at Windsor Castle yesterday because something was going on. It was a something of something. It was the celebration of the garter, the parade of the garter, the order of the garter. What was it called? The serenading of the... It's called something. And it's got, a, it's got the word garter in it. The order of the garter. Really? Yeah, the Order of the Garter Ceremony. Ceremony. Okay, mm. got it. Anyway, the point is she has an amazing dress on and it reminds me of uh, anything by Liechtenstein or Gerald Lang. And Gerald Lang was very much our Liechtenstein. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, just Google those two cats and check out what they used to do for a living in the art world because it doesn't get any better. For me, I like Gerald Lang over and above Liechtenstein. He's a bit too cartoony for me, but anyway. It's a very liechtenstein dress. You join up those dots on her dress, you, know, you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> Prize every time. What else is going on? Back page of one of the papers today. Now finish them off. Advantage England after broad blows hole in Aussie top order. Very excited about the cricket, as you can tell. I originated my brand new own event yesterday. It's called the Couch to No K. So you get what happens is you get home as soon as you can or you bunk off work and you sit on your couch and you go nowhere for the rest of the day because you're just watching the cricket. And if you're in Australia... Yes, that continues into the night. Yes. I heard this morning that basically an entire continent uh -huh. is sleep deprived because the ashes here finishes at three or four o'clock in the morning in Australia. Mm -hmm. And the view, they're having record TV viewing figures because it's so flipping watchable. You can't take your eyes off at the cricket and they're loving it. So basically all of Australia is really tired all the time because they can't stop watching the ashes. They can't get off their couch. Yeah. OK, uh, lots of craziness in the football last night. Don't know what happened in the other matches, but I know that England beat North Masters only by seven goals to nil. What about the other one games? Of, one of those goals. Bukaya Saka scored a hat-trick. His first hat-trick. Yes, I know. I just wanted to tell you that his no, second got goal time, was one Bas of the great goals. I've done all that. Wasn't great for Northern Ireland. They Thank lost. Um, and it wasn't great for Wales. They lost. And their hopes of qualifying for the Euros, both countries now look pretty slim. What about Scotland? 
Scotland play tonight. Who do they play? Tonight, Scotland Lose. play Georgia. Scotland, remember, five points clear at the top of their group, so they're looking very pretty. All right, that's all good. So we've done a bit of the football. We've done a lot of the cricket. Uh, we can talk about funerals. There's a new number one song to play after you're dead at your funeral. And it used to be Frank Sinatra, the number one. It's now Andrea Bocelli and Sarah Brightman and time to say goodbye. Um, so that's knocked Frank off the top spot. He's now in number two. Uh, number three, you get Supermarket Flowers by Ed Sheeran. So I'll sing hallelujah. If you do want people you to cry. Are an angel in the shape of my the celebration of your life. The commemoration of your passing. Even if you suspect they didn't like you while you were alive, you also probably do it, I reckon. God takes you back, he'll say hallelujah. Number three, number two. Yes, there were times. There were times. I'm sure you do. Oh, this puts me in mind of Saturday in the dining disco. We have these two paddle steamers going upstream to the Rod Stewart Wonderama of Joy. And on one boat, we had a Michael Bublé tribute act called Might Be Bublé. And on the first boat, we had So Sinatra. And he was great. They were both fantastic. They gave it all the beans all the way up river. Brilliant. But the brand new number one, if you want make people to make people cry at your funeral, even if you suspect they didn't like you while you're alive, is this one. Time to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like him, but you know, it still makes me cry at his funeral. Now, weirdly, the reason I was in Rotterdam at mm. the weekend. Oh, hang on, you weren't there for a funeral. No, oh, it was to see well, it was to see my two best friends from uni, mm. and the reason it was Rotterdam is because Nikki, who lives in Australia, is a palliative care consultant, right. and she was in Rotterdam oh. for a palliative care conference. Oh. So we talked a lot about dying, and Nikki recommended that we all read this book uh, by Catherine Mannix called With the End in Mind, and she was she's a palliative care consultant based in the UK, and it's brilliant, and it's about how you. We've talked about this before, haven't we? Have. We? We've talked to how people about it yeah before. you need to talk to your loved ones about how they want it to look that that funeral or whatever way they're going to say goodbye yeah and it's really important it's the one thing um that is certain they say death and taxes bob dylan said that i, I think it's death mostly <laughs> yeah death is bang on nailed on you know um if you if you're 14 like noah and you're on 750 an hour tax doesn't come into it <laughs> yet Well, what Catherine says in her book is, you know, despite all the advances in medical research, the death rate is still and always will be 100%. Yeah, this is what this is. We're we're all suffering from a terminal illness and it's called life. Yes. Uh, And we should talk about death more. We absolutely should talk about death 100% more. Um, You know, if you if you treat your your future passing as a dinner party. No, let's let's say a dinner party, which obviously is as serious as you actually losing your life. But if you leave a dinner party to the last minute, it's a terrible experience. It's really panicky. Um, Nobody enjoys it. Nobody wins in that situation. The more organized you are about anything, the more. Um, uh, time you have to to enjoy, you know, whatever space and grace you have created within the fullness of of um, loving attention. And if you do that with your life, and therefore with your, you know, have you done a will? You know, we I haven't updated my will for ages. Um, a very good friend of mine who knows about this stuff saying you gotta redo your will. You gotta read. I mean, my, I think it's okay, but I haven't checked it for a while. Um, sort your will out. Sort all that stuff out. Talk about dying more. Very important, very important. But I, I wouldn't go for any of those at my funeral, would you? No. No, oh, thanks.
I go, wish me luck, wave me, wish me luck, cause you wave me goodbye. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, the, the funniest one I ever saw was uh, uh, Lucy Porter, who's a comedian, did yes. an Edinburgh show. Come on. And at the end talked about how she would like to be cremated. And as her coffin went into the flames, uh, she would play, here I go again on my own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something like that. I mean, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Uh, my favourite funeral story, of one of them at least, is the guy who requested the, uh, to the undertakers beforehand, he sorted his own funeral out. He said, you know, I want an open casket and I can you please dress me in my clown's outfit? So he said, because uh, I'm a clown, I'm a professional clown. And so he gave the undertaker his clown outfit. And uh, when he was embalmed and all this kind of stuff, they put it, the big shoes, the nose, the wig, uh, full, full clown's makeup. And uh, the point was, he wasn't a clown. Um, and <laughs> Well, he was. <laughs> yeah. And then so he hilarious. wasn't a clown. <laughs> and he thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> it's, no, it's it's not quite funny. It's hilarious. Mm. And also, if it's by the decree of the deceased, mm. it's also completely fine to laugh at. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you 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 know you might want to feel for some of, some of his closer relations, but uh, surely they would have known the character of the man. <laughs> Caroline wants to know? be a firework when she goes. She wants to be cremated and then fire. I quite like that idea. Fireworks display. Yeah, so, it's, it's, so she wants to be fired up into the air and her ashes literally spread over the ether. So she wants to, she wants to go from whence she came mm. back to stardust because she is a star. star. With a very kind She's of a superstar. pretty display. We call her St. Caroline. Yes, we do. You know that. We, we, should, we have to. We have She's to. married to me. Yeah, guess where Day Day is today with this one? Guess where he's going today? Where? Well, who sponsors the show? Who's our headline oh, sponsor? Oh, you're going to the cricket. No. no. Oh, we're going to buy a car. No. <laughs> he's already bought a car from Cinch. I'll give you a clue. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you a clue. Tennis. No, they bought a new clock shop. No, they haven't tennis. 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 Just, I just when I was doing that, I realised it sounded like a grandfather <laughs> clock because it was too. It was too rhythmic. You're going to the Queen's Club. Yeah, since championship. No, Queen's Club. It's not the Queen's Club. It's Queen's sorry, Club. Sorry. Please get just it right. Queens. Get it right. Andy Murray in action today, Aww. and the world number one Carlos Alcaraz, and they call him Alcarazmataz because he's got all the shots. <laughs> All right, your breaking Glastonbury news. Poorly monkey made KO Glasto, frontman sick ahead Alex Fors, um, uh ill to before festival. Arctic Monkeys are due to headline Glastonbury for a third time, but their Friday performance has been thrown into jeopardy at the last minute because Alex Turner isn't that well. Um, post his gigs at the weekend, I think he's going to be all right. I mean, they do like a bit of this. They do like a bit of spicing up, will they or won't they, before Glasto. This is in today's Sun, uh, Simon Boyles' bizarre column. It's very good today. Lots of proper big music news today. Culp unveiled for Secret Gig. There's an already huge uh, rumbling or two about who is going to play the Secret Gigs uh, this year at Glastonbury. But Simon says he can reveal two more will be appearing at the festival this weekend. So lots of these secret appearances or pop-up surprise appearances usually happen at the John Peel stage. It's now been renamed the Woodsy stage. And he has heard that Pulp and Hosier are going to play on that stage. Pop-up gigs. That's kind of, I mean, imagine Pulp in a tent yeah. this weekend. Come on. Yeah. I mean, what could be better than Pulp in a tent? Rod Stewart. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the cricket today, they say it's going to rain in the morning at Edgbaston, which will make it even more exciting because the Aussies are going to have to decide whether they play out for a draw or they go for the win. England require seven wickets. Um, we've got rid of the three most um, worrisome wickets. However, the um, who's currently in at the moment? Uh, Kawaja is Kawaja in, along is with the in. Night Watchman. And he, um, it's, 
I mean, I don't want to get too crickety, but it's the sort of wicket that he bats really well on. All right. Well, I everybody's have... batting really well on it because it's not that lively. I was listening to a really interesting chat yeah. about cricket yesterday about who was it who got blister on his finger? Oh, Moen Ali. Right, mm-hmm. spin bowler. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about it's because he throws the ball so fast and the stitching rubs against his finger so fast and that's how he's got the blister. Happens a lot. And he's not oh, a, my word. And he's not allowed to put a plaster on it because that will affect the spin of the ball. So he's not allowed to tend to it. And what he needed to do before this because there's so much bowling goes on in a test match is bowl and bowl and bowl and bowl so he gets a callus right. like a guitar player gets you know on their on their sort of fretboard hand whether it's left or right depending on whether you're left-handed or right-handed and he didn't do enough of that and therefore he's got this sort of it's like if you take up the guitar um first lesson's fine uh, second lesson nightmare um, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he's playing Test cricket for England, and that's why Joe Root came on and started spin bowling yesterday. Pretty impressively, it has to be said. Yeah. But now we're getting too crickety for our own good. Love the eighties? Then you'll love Virgin Radio eighties plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the eighties. Over on Virgin Radio. 80s Plus. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So now we're going to have a little, um, little sort of respite from all that excitement to talk about something that is so important, but is mentioned now so often that people might switch off when they hear the word microbiome. Um, it's a bit like sometimes people do when they hear the term meditation or breath work. Because what happens is Herbert's like me know a little bit about these things and then we wang on about them for five or ten minutes saying basically nothing and, and it comes out as yada, 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 yada. All right. But there's nothing more important in your life right now than the microbiome. Nothing. Zero. Zip. You might think there is, but you're wrong. Okay. And Dame, uh, our next guest, uh, who uh, Vassal will give him his big intro in a moment or two, he does know everything about the microbiome. So please open your ears as opposed to tuning out to the next 20 minutes of radio because it will change your life if you choose to act upon anything you hear. It will change your life for the better. Yesterday, I got home. Treated myself to a day on the sofa. I haven't done that for years. I'm not joking. For years and years and years. We had a crazy weekend. It was fun, but it was crazy. I needed to rest. My voice was going yesterday after the show. The cricket was on. I thought, I'm going to treat myself to a day on the sofa. Couch to no K and the cricket. About an hour into watching the cricket, I thought, oh, it's time. I remember these days. It's time for a, a trip to the kitchen and the naughty draw to have my first treat of the couch to no K cricket watching day. So I enter the kitchen and I'm heading for the naughty draw and almost against my own instincts, involuntarily, I I walk past the naughty draw and that was what I was going. My intention was to go to the naughty draw to get some biscuits or a mint twirl or or some some bovril dry roasted nuts or or whatever, maybe some hummus. 
and some pita bread and I walked straight past it and I took a banana from the fruit bowl and I walked back into the living room and I started to eat the banana and I was sort of unconscious for all of it and I thought what just happened there that is the microbiome at work yes or no doctor oh yes the microbiome took over my thought process and my motor um, motor system what's it called motor your your brain your <laughs> your nervous system yeah my nervous yeah. system and made me do something I would never in a million years have dreamt of doing an hour after that I ate an apple two hours after that I ate a pear. All afternoon, I drank pints of water. And I tried to have biscuits. And my hand wouldn't let me. And my brain wouldn't let me. And my mouth wouldn't let me. And my heart and soul and my microbiome wouldn't let me. That's what we're talking about next. That, okay, that's the, that's me wanging on about it. I'll now shut up about it. Here's the big intro, Vassos. He's a lecturer, consultant, surgeon and professor who has very interesting things to say about your poo. His first book, Dark Matter, The New Science of the Microbiome, is out now. So please welcome... The boss of No Dross, it's Dr. James Kinross. Dr. James, welcome to the show. You're very welcome. Best introduction I've ever had, Vassos. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Thank you for your genius. You were working hard till one o'clock this morning? I, I was up a little bit late, yeah. I what was. were you doing? Um, I was doing some operations, emergency operations. Okay. Yeah. Um, making people well. Everyone did well. Do you recognise the story I just told? I do, 100%. And I think what you're referring to is the gut-brain interaction. So how bugs in our brain, uh, sorry, how bugs in our gut signal to our brain and inform how we feel about food, both our addiction to food, the foods that we like, the foods that we don't like. Yeah. Um, If you invite your microbiome to the table and you make friends with it, it will look after you for the rest of your life. Oh, 100%. So um, clearly what we eat has a huge impact on both the who is in our gut, but more importantly, what the bugs in our gut are actually doing. Uh, and the really important thing to say is that the microbiome, which is all of the microbes that live within us and on us and all of the things that they need to survive and stay healthy, evolves with us as we age. So it starts with us in very, very early life and it's there right to the very end. And so they are an army, they're a population, they're a universe of living things that require feeding. And if we put in some early, hard, heavy lifting, then they will, we we can retrain them, can't we? But we only have to retrain them for a bit and then they retrain us. Well, that's sort of right. Yeah. So the microbiome is... First of all, uh, it's like we discovered a brand new organ about 20 years ago, and we're still really working out what it does. And the first thing to say about the microbiome is that we're still not really sure completely who is there. We know there's lots of bacteria and lots of other teeny tiny microbes, but quite a large part of it is unmapped. Now, you're right, feeding it's very, very important, but what might be the most important thing is how it assembles from the minute we're born. So it grows with us through the first three to five years of life, and then it remains relatively stable till we get a bit older in our 60s and 70s, and then it declines again. So if you like, growing the microbiome from the minute you're born is probably the most important thing that we do. All right, so we've made loads of notes from your brilliant book here. Amazing. Um, and I, what I don't want to do is ask the wrong question and waste time. So I'm going to give you the headlines of, our, of what we've noted. Okay, cool. And then you just pick your favourites. Okay, fine. Okay, so um, let's go for, first of all, the faecal microbiota transplants. That's uh, uh, faecal transplants. Uh, also, um, uh, in our quest to cure 
the world of infectious diseases, we're inadvertently creating a new pandemic of non-infectious uh, microbiome. Should we start? Uh, should we start there? Because that's quite a meaty topic. You've picked up two real pearlers. I want to get through a load okay, of stuff. Fine. though. can you give us a minute on all this? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so what what we think is happening is that we've never lived longer in the history of mankind, but we're not necessarily living happier. By that, I mean. 20% of us take antidepressants. A lot of us suffer from chronic diseases. And one theory as to why that's happening is because we're losing the important biodiversity inside of us that keeps us happy. Now, faecal transplants, and I'm really sorry, guys, if you're listening to this having breakfast, because I know it's pretty gross, is the science of when you take poo from one person and you put it into another person. And when you do this, it has magical and amazing effects. Now, we can use it to treat infectious diseases like a superbug infection called Clostridium difficile, but it also has lots of other amazing effects like it can make fat people thin or thin people fat. It can make bald people's hair grow back. It can improve the way that drugs work. And it's a gateway for understanding the importance of these microbes within us to our health. Uh, do you want to touch on the other bit of what we said at the beginning? Okay, so so I think what we were saying is that there's this rising uh, pandemic of chronic diseases and many of those are caused by problems in our immune systems. Uh, and the microbiome is so important because it educates and it teaches our immune system what's, what's friend and what's enemy. And if it's not set up right, our immune systems don't work well. And we think that's a really important reason why we have the, a really startling rise in things like asthma and allergy and autoimmune diseases that are... The, where, where the immune system just doesn't work very well. So monocropping, you know, uh, narrow diets, none of this is good for diversity, uh, none of it is good for the world in general, uh, for the planet, see a macrocosm of our microcosm, for our micro, uh, macrocosm, see uh, basically other examples of what we need to do happening in nature. For example, what's going on with pandas? What are they yeah. doing anyway? Exactly. Well, pandas are super interesting. So panda bears, uh, they are, they're coprophagic, which means that they feed their poo, the mums feed their poo to their babies because they need the bacteria in the poo to break down and, and metabolise bamboo, which is their main food stuff. So the reason the microbiome is so critical is because not only do we, have we evolved with it, but we've got really deep connections to our environment through it. So when we damage our climate and we lose biodiversity in the ecosystems that we can see, like rainforests and, and oceanic ecosystems like barrier reefs, the same losses occur within us. So really we're experiencing a little bit of an internal climate crisis that's been driven by all the things you're talking about. So a hyper-globalised diet, an urbanised population, where we lose that connection between people and we lose the, that diversity of microbes within us. And also, if we, you know, we get obsessed with the SOS, salt, oil and sugar, because we know that the mass big food companies, um, big, you know, when they're processing this food, they need to get, for, get us to fall in love with the, the top end of the taste, which is the salt and sugar, which is the mouth pleasure on the tip of the tongue. Yeah. But beneath that, it's beige. Then if you have a week, just a week or a bit longer of eating sort of natural food, um, you know, and that can include meat, you know, the, the, the best grass-fed and reared meat uh, available. You, your taste buds will come alive. And then when you go back to processed food, you'll go, this is like after about the first second or two seconds, three seconds, this is like cardboard underneath. It's just yeah. all very brown. So your microbiome actually is quite an important determinant of the taste that you experience when you have a meal. So bugs in your mouth sense that food and they send messages to the brain. I think you're 100% right. If you take one thing away from this conversation, it is that you've got to de-westernise your diet, which means avoid all of the foods that you've just talked about, but also 
do what you described at the top of this conversation, which is put lots more fibre and vegetables into your diet. We know uh, we know that that really improves the health of the gut because it changes the type, the number, and the disp- and and the diversity of microbes that live within us. It's absolutely essential. And if if you exercise and you fall in love with exercise and you get, it's a very similar tipping point. Exercise, you know, ruining exercise. Okay, if you if you do it enough. You, that gets met with ruining not exercising and eating unhealthily uh, and, and the sort of kick that that gives you gets met very quickly if you sort the microbiome with, with the kick you get from eating healthily and how much you really don't, you almost can't eat unhealthily before. And what happens with that little partnership is that if you sort out your diet and you start eating better, you get more energy and you go, I need to do something with this, then you will exercise. And if you exercise, you're not eating well enough. You think I need better fuel. So you'll eat better food. Yeah. There's a lovely upward spiral for you to get involved. For sure. In. And the ex- and exercise changes your microbiome. We know that people that exercise more have a more diverse ecosystem. And we know that you can engineer the microbiome to even improve the performance of athletes. So you're you're an ultra marathon runner, aren't you, Vassos, right? So they did this interesting study in 2015 looking at the Boston Marathon runners. And ultra marathon runners have particular bugs in their gut, which we think enables them to metabolize some of the metabolites in our gut called lactate, which helps improve their endurance. So exercise is a fundamental way that you can improve the health of your gut and improve the health of your microbiome. Do you think this is a little sort of um, Saturday night takeaway or the nature's version of that that she's playing with us? Do you think it's like a, an effort and reward thing? Do you think if you show, if you prove to Mother Nature that you're exercising more, she will say, well, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reward you with a better diet because you will now crave things that are good for you. And do you think that if you put the effort into eating better, she will say, I'm now going to reward you by giving you the natural desire to exercise. Yes, it does <laughs> exist. I think that might be a thing. Well, I think it might be a thing. I think it's about sustained behaviour change. And, you know, I think the value of the microbiome is it explains why all of the things you're talking about work. It's the missing piece in the puzzle. We often think about genes causing disease and we know that's important. We know that environmental things, so like pollutants or your diet are important, and the microbiome is the missing piece because it sits between these two things. And unless you understand it, it's really hard to explain why these things work. All right. Before Dr. The, the great doctor, the, the author of Dark Matter, the new science of the microbiome, James Kinross, leaves us. We will get into things you can do today, like immediately after this show, to help your microbiome, to, to get you on the first rung of this unbelievably life improving ladder but i do want to go to your three temples now rachel if you don't mind uh, so so you you give them to the doc and he can respond however he likes so the three things that that jumped out for me was um the poo milkshakes yeah. um <laughs> matthew broderick's back catalogue war oh, games love loved how you use that yeah. uh, and why going home for christmas back to visit your family is more important for you for your gut than you think it might be and it's not just about the brussels right, you come on <laughs> okay so in reverse order so what we know is that real world social networks. So the people that you interact with, that you hang out with, uh, change your microbiome. So teenagers that have more diverse social networks have a more diverse microbiome. So when you go home to your family uh, for Christmas, for example, they've done this study where they've studied the microbiomes of people that go home to their families, their microbiome changes. So reconnecting with people is a really important way of nurturing your microbiome. 
when you kiss someone, you change bugs, you exchange bugs. One single kiss changes 50 to 80 million microbes per kiss, right? What so these are really important ways. So what that means is, is that you've got to de-digitize your life. You need real healthy living demands real world healthy connections. And that's a really important thing that we need to do. Now, the second thing is Matthew Broderick. I mean, what a legend. Uh, if you haven't seen War Games, it's just an absolute, it's a dynamite movie from the 1980s. But what it does is, you've not seen it. I've seen it. I can't wait. Serious? I can't wait. Oh, my God. Well, Look, let me if be... Rain Stops Play Today, <laughs> that's going on the telly. Let me, th- this is my gift to you guys. Okay, go and check it out. Ali Sheedy and, uh, and Matthew Broderick try well they inadvertently cause a thermonuclear war by breaking into a CIA supercomputer that sets off a reaction where the the supercomputer thinks the Russians are invading uh, the USA anyway I draw out this analogy to explain that that's what's happening inside of us there's almost like a great big war where our pathogens so the bugs that cause us harm and our protective bugs that we call our symbionts are interfering with our ner- with our immune system and we're stuck in the middle and we don't quite know what to do about it and we need to redress that balance a little bit because if unless we look after our good bugs our symbionts our immune system doesn't know what to do and it will keep attacking itself causing us harm right so that's the second tentpole and then the third tentpole <laughs> and the one that people are most interested in are what you've called fecal milkshakes so poo transplants so these are fecal microbiota transplants where we take literally poo from one person and we put it into another. Now that sounds absolutely disgusting and you're right it kind of is pretty gross but it's also amazing and it works extremely well if you've got super infections in the gut and now the NHS gives this as a recommended treatment. But there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of studies of fecal transplantation going on all over the world to treat lots and lots of chronic diseases and to improve the effectiveness of cancer treatments uh, and to treat diseases for which we've got no really good medicines and that means everything from mental health through to addiction through to other things that you wouldn't typically associate the microbiome with. I thought it was amazing when uh, that section when you talked about that and if it was the trials maybe for the C. difficile and the improvement in the patient group who were getting the faecal transplants was so vastly superior to the people who were just getting their own poo back in again uh, that, that on moral grounds they had to end the trial because yeah. this this group were doing so much better than the other group. Yeah, and we've got super exciting trials happening at Imperial College, and I must big shout out to my boys, Julia Marchese and Ben Mullish, who are doing this at the moment. But they are looking at trying to give fecal transplants to patients who are having chemotherapy for blood-based cancers because we know it improves the safety and reduces the side effects of these, um, these, these diseases. So it, the way I think about fecal transplantation is it's a gateway into understanding the true power of the microbiome. It may not be the treatment that we end up with in the end, but it's a starting point for beginning to engineer these microbes to improve human health. Now, the one, and I'm going to totally go back with your point, Chris, at the beginning. The most important thing about the microbiome is that it doesn't allow us to treat disease. It allows us to prevent it. So unless we think about our microbiome differently and try and optimise its health, we can't prevent chronic diseases that cause no end of harm, like bowel cancer, which is what I spend my whole day treating. Is that is that, is that yeah, correct? Oh, yeah. my goodness me. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because, you know... In the realms, in the world, in the journey, in the history of amazing biological discoveries, where does this rank, do you think? 
Well, look, I'm biased, right? So this is my, <laughs> my whole life's work. So I think it's the most important, but I think it's the most important for a couple of really key reasons. The first is, is that it gives us a limitless new supply of drugs and therapies that we can use to treat disease, but it also gives us a limitless way of new ways to prevent disease. And I think that's why it's just so important. It gives us a way to reconceptualize why we get these pandemic of diseases like obesity and cancer that are causing just havoc globally and a different way to strategize about preventing them. And that's why I think the most important thing that we've got to do is not just feed the microbiome, right, like you're talking about, is you've got to protect it. You've really got to nurture it. And that means we've really got to reduce our reliance on things like antibiotics, which cause no end of damage to the microbiome because we use them so unwisely. We don't use them in the right way. Right. Paul in Liverpool, he's just asked this question. I've just been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Can you please ask Dr. James if you could give any advice? So on the back of Paul's text, yeah. can you give us the three most uh, prevalent conditions that are the result of perhaps uh, uh, a not so desirable microbiome? And then can you just get onto loads of hacks of what people sure. can do today to help? Okay, cool. Themselves? So Paul, first of all, so sorry to hear about your diagnosis, but don't worry, there's lots of amazing treatments for ulcerative colitis and you're going to do absolutely fine. Um, the most important thing is that you obviously take the advice of your doctors in that treatment, but do really think about your diet because that's going to play a really important part in helping you manage your symptoms. We are doing trials uh, on ulcerative colitis and faecal transplantation at the moment, but it's not a standard treatment of care. So the only way to have that will be through a trial. So lots of hacks for the microbiome and I want you to take three away from this conversation. Great. Number one, Here we go. feed your microbiome properly. That means get as much fibre into your gut as you can. So like you described at the top of the show, bananas, fruit, vegetables, love it. I want you to aim for the massive 30 grams of fibre a day. Take your time because if you eat it too quickly, you'll blow up like a Zeppelin, you'll fart a load and all your friends will think you're smelly. But you've got to take a bit of time to do it. It takes two or three months to get to that level. By the way, you, you are rushing, yeah. thank you, but you yeah. don't need to. So oh. we can take our time. Oh, amazing. We slow down. Okay. So, so we're going to the shop today. We've got a basket yeah. in our trolley. What are we putting in the basket? I want you to get lots of lovely green vegetables. I want lots of legumes, which sort of peas and beans. I want brands. I want cereals with all the sort of you know, the good sort of uh, uh, seeds with their husks on it. So plant-based, plant a rainbow of food. A rainbow of food, exactly right. Now, like you said, eating meat is not necessarily bad, but if you're going to eat it, have, try and have white meats and try and reduce the regularity of your meat consumption. What we know again is that if you have fermented foods, I think you were talking about sourdough earlier in the show, these improve the diversity of your gut and they're really good to have in your diet if you can do What's it. What's the really good stuff that you ferment in the fridge? Uh, kombucha or kefir. Oh, I love a bit of kefir. Love it. I've, I recommend quite, kefir quite a lot to my patients. Never had it. Oh, you're missing so, yeah. out. You get like really nice just little kefir yogurt. Oh, it's lush. It's, it's not technically a probiotic for reasons that are too boring to go into right now, but it is a probiotic and you can buy it affordably. It's much, much cheaper than the typical probiotics that you buy that can be very, very expensive. And it's in every Tesco's, every supermarket that you go into today. And, and, but the trick with those things is you've got to take them regularly. You can't just take one off and expect it to work. It will not, which means you've got to take Slightly. it every day and you've got to take it for at least eight weeks because those bugs have got to engraft into your gut. They've got to stay there and grow there because they're not actually designed to live there, right? Best time of day to take those things or in the morning right yeah and so uh, that's that that's so diet obviously very very important the other thing i'd recommend for diet is you know your kind of fast food delivery app just delete it it, it, because what you need to do is you need to make your own food. You've got to get your hands dirty. You've got to get your hands into the food and you've got to share your food. What if the, people can't? What if that's not practical? I know everybody yeah. can and they should, but some people just 
won't be able to bring themselves to do it. Yeah. So then think about the foods that you're ordering through it because okay. those apps, they typically direct you to fast food, processed food, ultra-processed food. And if you're going to do it, make sure you order a portion of vegetables in your order because vegetables really are the key to it. If you can have just seven grams more fibre in your diet, your risk of cardiovascular disease, cancer, obesity, diabetes will fall. So it doesn't seem like you're doing a lot, but I promise you, you're really transforming your risk of chronic disease if you do that. Anything else? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So number two, get vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, it means you're much, much less likely to take antibiotics. And we know that antibiotics do a lot of harm to the microbiome. And the second thing is treat antibiotics like the most precious medicine in the world. So get vaccinated for what? Well, the NHS vaccinates um, lots of different conditions. I so, don't know all this. So vaccines like, you know, so teenagers will be vaccinated for chronic viruses like HPV. But we also vaccinate for meningitis. We vaccinate for lots of other conditions like TB. But um, we know that when you take vaccines, you dramatically reduce your chance of taking an antibiotic. So the standard vaccines we have as kids. Yeah. OK. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, COVID-19, we've yeah. just had a global pandemic. We know that during COVID-19, real terms antibiotic prescribing in the NHS went up by 6%. And as soon as the vaccine came in, it dropped again. So vaccines are really, really important because they're like a precision strike on bad bugs. And, and, and they're very, very valuable for protecting the microbiome. And, and, and antibiotics, you really, you know, of course, if your doctor says, hey, you really need them because you're sick take them but you really shouldn't be taking them unless you really 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 need them because if you take them for the wrong reasons they will damage your microbiome and they can sometimes irre irreversibly damage the microbiome in some in some people what else Number three, nurture your microbiome, which means that you've got to do the things that we were talking about before. You've got to have real world relationships. You've got to get out. You've got to play with your mates and go and hang out in the playground because that shares your bugs. But if you're a young mum and you have just had a baby, it means you really should think about breastfeeding your kids because we know that that's a really important part in how the microbiome assembles in early life. So we really think that's a key driver. Uh, and it means that you've got to exercise because we know that that's a really important part of the microbiome. And it means that you got a kiss <laughs> when it's appropriate to do yeah, so when it's appropriate to do, and you have consent all yeah. right and what about yeah. getting out in nature can we big up nature again oh for sure we can big up nature so what we know is that people that live in urban environments like this great city london have a less diverse microbiome and they have less microbes in their gut and we know that if you live in a rural environment you have more diverse microbiome so getting out into nature and connecting with nature is a really important part of looking after your microbiome and what we want you to do is to bring plants into your home and think about the microbiome in your home too. James, we're sort of done for time. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Because you're very welcome to. Just that it's just been so cool being here. And thank you so much for having me. Like, I'm do really you really genuine. listen to the show? Yeah, of course I do. I'm listening. You guys are like, I'm saying to Tilly outside, like, I've grown up with you guys. So it's like totally awesome to be here. And I really am grateful for your time. So How does you. the rest of your day stack up? Oh, it's pretty cool. I've got a bit of a clinic. So if you're coming to see me at Charing Cross Hospital, uh, Mary's Hospital, actually, St. Mary's Hospital, the finest hospital in the world this afternoon. Looking forward to seeing you. All right. Uh, Dr. James Kinross has his book out, Dark Matter, The New Science of the Microbiome. Have you podcasted with anyone or anything like uh, that? No, not yet. I think that's all coming up. All right. Great. Great to see you. Oh, thank you so much. I ha I've got to confess now, I haven't read this book. <laughs> it's one of the few books I haven't read because I was I really enjoyed it. I couldn't get it. 
uh, for some reason. Yeah. And then I sent the PDF last night, and it wasn't to do with the cricket, I promise. <laughs> but I was trying to download it, download it, and I always like to read the book, so forgive yeah. me if you're not reading no, the book. No, absolutely. But I will worry. take them, and I Thank promise you, because I now have a couple. And I well, promise so you. I really hope you enjoy it. And if I can ever come back on and help in any way, please ask. It you, would well, be if you've my got anything pleasure. to say, just contact us, and we'll just, we have no choice but to let yeah. people like you on this show. Okay, well, look, that means an awful lot. And, you know, I think one of the things that I'm super interested in is trying to understand why young people are getting rising rates of bowel cancer. And so for me, a lot of the work that we're doing is trying to understand the microbiome's role in doing that. And that's something that's super important to me. So look after your microbiome and I promise you it will look after you. All right, mate. No problem at all. Have a great day, James. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, guys. No, it's totally my pleasure. Magnificent and miraculous work that you and your colleagues are doing with the microbiome. It's just unbelievable. Once again, I've got to say again, Dr. James Kin Ross, Dark Matter, the new science of the microbiome. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer. You'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them. No stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose. Food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is... AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.